What up, what up, what up everyone? Welcome to episode 328 of Combo's Court and I am Combo. Don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune in to Combo's Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and punch down on the follow button. Last pod of the year, man. Big Dave of the Locked On Bulls podcast and Ball Ball on Bulls joins in to talk Chicago Bulls basketball and more a fantastic conversation with Big Dave. You can find Dave on Twitter at Ball Sports. That's B-A-W-L-S-P-O-R-T-S. You know you can find me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O. C-O-M-B-O. Intro music by Luca Beats. Let's get into it. Bulls podcast. Welcome to Combo's Court. You must be feeling good, man. <laughs> I'm always feeling good. I'm, I'm annoyingly happy all the time, yo. So, <laughs> but yeah, I feel extra good watching that game for sure. Do the Bulls have something to do with it? Yeah, all the time. They, I think they're about maybe 15% of why I'm happy all the time. Maybe 14, you know, 14, why I'm happy. 14. All, <laughs> all right. I know you and Matt were incredibly optimistic going into the season, but has this team even exceeded your expectations? Oh man, absolutely. Uh, I said I had them at a six seed uh, coming into the season, but I said if everything goes right and everything falls into place, they're a top three team in the East, easy. And everything's going right and everything's kind of falling into place. Like the fact they're 21 and 10, they're second in the East. The fact DeMar DeRozan having an MVP kind of year, uh, Zach Levine and just how great he's looking, Vucevic coming along. Um, the young guys like Ayo DeSumo, who a lot of people thought wouldn't even be playing in the NBA this season, who has been a major contributor uh, for the Bulls. Uh, guys like Derrick Jones Jr., you know, have just come in and just provided so much for this team, man. And of course, Alex Caruso and Lonzo Ball. Can't say enough about what those guys have done, man. But yeah, I had I had them at a six because I didn't think it would gel this quickly. But from game one, they they just have made it look simple. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. I mean. How much of Billy Donovan's has impacted this team and how much of the front office? Obviously, we know the players and we're going to get to them, but how much of an impact yeah. has that been on the organization? Billy Donovan has meant a lot. Like you kind of showed, he kind of showed you how he's changing the culture when he got here his first year. Um, because when they would have bad games, you wouldn't even know it when he would talk to you at the podium. Like you could tell he is a true players coach because he never threw anybody under the bus. You know, he never was just demeaning towards his players. He was always encouraging of them. He always talked about the good things they did. Now, he wasn't all, you know, sugar, sugar plums, and you know what I'm saying, and candy all the time. He was very honest about it, but he just wasn't directly mean and, and trying to, you know, berate a player and tear him down. You know, he, he criticized you because he was trying to get you to be better. And he never did it in public because if you hear the players talk, they were like, no, he's very honest and straightforward with us, but it's always behind the scenes. You know, it's uh, that kind of criticism. When he's in front of the camera, 
he's he's wants to give them that praise, man, and let them know that they're going to be good and they're doing well. You saw that carry over into this season, man, with just the way that he's talking to these players and the way these guys are responding to Billy Donovan. He's been amazing. Yeah, and he, he was a player himself, so he knows, you know. Correct, correct. From college, <laughs> it's like, right, he's like carrying that and then carrying what he learned as a college coach, you know, two-time champion there. He's carrying yeah. those things all the way over to, to what he's talking to, like these veterans and the young guys. You just see it all coming to fruition when he coaches. To bring up an old wrestling term, I'm trying to cause no dissension in the flock, but, you know, Zach Levine <laughs> has been great for the Bulls for a long time, but is this DeMar's team now? Um, I, st- I think it's Zach's team, but honestly, I don't think it matters. Which is weird to say, because usually people say that. It sounds like a PC like, oh, answer, Big D. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's all I'm about <laughs> to get into. Because usually when people say that, it's like, yeah, no, nah, you know what it is. You know, it's DeMar is 1A. You know what I'm saying? It's what it's been. And Zach has been 1B. But I don't think those guys give a damn. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they care at all who it is. And you can see it in the way that they play. And you take this game tonight, for example. Zach Levine was hot all first half. Okay? He was incredibly hot. He was killing them. He was doing wonderful things. Then all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, you just saw the ball starting to go to DeMar DeRozan and DeMar DeRozan becoming the guy who was going to close the game. Now, in the past, you would have thought it would have went to Zach since he had been hot also. But Zach had 23, but DeMar also had 21, you know what I'm saying, in the first half. So yeah. it was like, pick your poison. And I think Zach Levine's all right with this because he's been number one his whole time here, but yeah. it hasn't equated, it hasn't equated to winning. So Zach is like, well, what do I want to do? Be, be number one, or do I want to win? You know what I'm saying? And being one B and on, and on occasion being one a, you know, when DeMar is off, it's quite all right with him. But if you want to say it's DeMar's team, I'm I'm completely all right with that. Yeah. It's DeMar DeRozan's squad. I have no issue saying any of that. You know, you're a Bulls guy. And I'm sure you remember this. I remember the Bulls analytic department telling Zach to not shoot mid range. Do you remember that? Oh man, listen, don't get me started on, <laughs> on that I, stuff. Right I just know I know they're not telling oh DeMar that though. Dude, they told him that. They told Wendell Carter Jr. that they, they destroyed Wendell Carter Jr. And his mindset, you saw him during the game. He didn't know what to do when he got the ball in mid-range. He was just confused. You saw Kobe White came out and said it in the newspapers, like his brother and the camera said they told him it's a bad shot. Don't take any mid-range shots. Kobe White's whole game coming into the league was mid-range shots and three-pointers. And then they told him, no, that doesn't work here anymore. Just take threes. That's not a part of his game. So when he stopped listening to the ball-headed menace, who used to be the coach here, whose name I do not say, when he stopped listening to that dude <laughs> the bald-headed and started menace. doing his own thing, you saw him start balling out his rookie year. And it started. you saw it carry over. And Billy Donovan and Mo Cheeks have been instrumental and Kobe White's ascension and how much better he's gotten with the mid-range. And yeah, DeMar DeRozan wouldn't even been on the scene with the mid-range shots that he was taking a few years ago. But luckily, this is a to borrow another wrestling term, this is a new day. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. All right. So for let's say you're not, would you you would consider yourself a Bulls fan, right? Sure, absolutely. Okay. Can you take that Bulls cap, that Bulls fan cap off for a second? Is mm-hmm. this team a legit title? contender in your opinion man they've proven me wrong so far if this was started the season i tell you no for me i, I would have said yeah this is a first round maybe second round exit what they look like right now <laughs> they look like a legitimate title contender i'm not and that's no bulls hat on like that is just being for real looking at basketball yeah looking at looking at the actual numbers anytime you're seeing a championship team they're usually 
in the top 10 in offense and defense. That's exactly what the Bulls are right now. They're a top 10 in offense and they're a top 10 in defense. DeMar DeRozan is the best scorer in the fourth quarter in the NBA. He's 50, 40, 90 in the fourth quarter. That's insane. You know what I'm saying? You're watching guys like Zach Levine come up behind him. And then you're watching guys like Vucevic also. And then you're watching Lonzo Ball, you know, be that kind of point guard who guards basically all five positions on the floor, including uh, Caruso. Both of those guys, I think, are going to be all defense. One of them is going to be all defense the first team, like no doubt in my mind. But just watching all of that and seeing how it's coming together, yeah, you can say that they're a dark horse contender for the finals. You can say that. I, I don't think they'll get to the finals. I don't think they'll get there. I think it'll be, I would be pleasantly and wonderfully surprised if they end up in the NBA finals, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you that they don't have a shot because from what I've seen so far, being 21 and 10 and being in the East, which right now, honestly, is looking like a tougher conference compared to the West. The West is very top heavy, but those bottom teams aren't as much, but they're looking in right now, they're looking like one of the best teams in the NBA. So how could I not think that they wouldn't have a actual decent shot at being in the finals. But if, I, if you had to put money on it, no, I wouldn't put money on them going to the finals. Right. So even the great teams get better, right? We saw a 73-win team add Kevin Durant. Um, <laughs> this is a totally different situation, but do you feel like the Bull, it's in the Bulls' best interest to make a move and go all in on this season, or do you think they should stay patient? It's a great question. Um, if, if I've learned anything from AK and Mark Eversley, uh, they have continued to say they're here to win. That's all they've said. Like, we're here to win, and we want to win now. He didn't say, I want to win next year. He said, I want to win now. So if you're using that mentality and you're watching this team and how good they've been, then yeah, you make a move to win now. Um, you see what they're lacking, it, it, at least in my opinion. They're, they're lacking a guy with size. They're lacking another big man uh, with size. So I think they're going to look at that when the buyouts start happening, you know, around the all-star break and things like that, seeing who will be available because there's always a, a nice amount of veteran talent that's available around that time that I think the Bulls will be looking at. Tristan Thompson is one of the names that keep popping in my head uh, when I think of those things. I think he'll definitely be a buyout in Sacramento. Um, but yeah, I think they'll go all in on this year, just seeing how well they've played and, and just how good the Bulls have been so far this season, especially after that gauntlet they went through in November when they you know, had to have that West Coast trip, played all those great playoff teams. They came out over 500 on that. You know what I'm saying? I believe they ended up with nine and six, if I'm not mistaken, uh, in, that, in that month uh, after playing all those tough teams and things like that. And there was only one team I saw where I was like, they're better than them, and that's the Golden State Warriors. I was like, yeah, oh, there's nothing yeah. you can do with them. You can't do anything with them. They're just better than you. Everybody else, I'm <laughs> well, like. Well, their depth is crazy, too, even though you wouldn't even have known it before the season. But their depth is just better than the Bulls' depth. I mean, the, the yeah. Bulls' five or four or six are really, really good, you know. Yeah, yeah. And that's the shocking thing about it. I think it's been surprising just how well they gelled. And like you said, the depth on the team and the fact that Billy Donovan, because people worried about the size, you know, coming into this mm. season for the Bulls. But Billy Donovan has always loved small guard lineups, always has loved guard lineups. And he's having a time in his life with these lineups. He's running out there. There are four guards running out there with Derrick Jones Jr. at center and they're succeeding. Yeah, I think if you're talking title contention, offense, they're going to be fine. It's just when they run into a guy like Giannis and Kevin Durant, yes. how they're going to yes. handle that. So I, would you say they need more of like a defensive stopper? Nobody's stopping Giannis. Nobody's stopping KD. But maybe to bring somebody in that could slow those guys down, or do you think they need more of like a big? I just think they need more. I'm not even worried. First of all, you said it right. I'm not worried about them because there's nothing you can do with them. All right? I don't care who you put on Giannis. I don't care who you put on Kevin Durant. 
they're going to give you 30, 40 or 50. It's just what it is. You know what I'm right, saying? They're right. like that. You just got to accept. And it. I feel like, and I feel like it's especially Durant. Cause I mean, Giannis mm-hmm. at times you could build a wall and maybe slow him down slightly, but th- slightly. Kevin Durant is just like a cheat code. Like it's crazy. Yes. <laughs> An amazing cheat code. Yeah. You put your best anything on him. He's going to score. Like yeah. it you play matter. great defense. He just shoots right over. Right. So it's right. over. <laughs> exactly. And, but exactly. But you see what the bulls have done against the nets. Like Kevin Durant has gone crazy, but everybody else around him has had a tough time because the bulls yeah. play really great defense, but you're going to have, you're going to struggle against teams in the, in my opinion, like uh, Milwaukee, like you said, Giannis, but then you also got Lopez's size. You got Bobby Portis's size. You got a, a cousin's size. The Bulls are not a big, tall, bulky team like that. They're, they're more finesse and toughness. You know what I'm saying? So Tony Bradley is what you got. You know what I'm saying? You got, he's going to need some help with that. You're going to need some more, another big man, a veteran presence with a high basketball IQ. Because it seems like the Bulls definitely love guys who have that high basketball IQ and who can defend multiple positions. And that's why I keep thinking Tristan Thompson. You know, Alice Caruso, he had a cult-like following on Twitter. He had a cult-like following in uh, Los Angeles. Has he had that yeah. same impact in Chicago? Oh, my gosh. From day one. Listen, man, <laughs> let me tell you something. When the day they got Alex Caruso, I was like, there's nothing Chicago Bulls fans love more than a try-hard white guy on the squad. <laughs> they love it. They love it. They love it. They the love try it. hard part is so funny about that. Oh yes. The try hard. You know, like you don't effort. like, like you don't even try. You're not trying to look cool at all. Like you'll go no, hard. No. <laughs> Diving on the floor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Just, they love, they love those kind of players in general, you know, like Joe Kim Noah, Dennis Rodman, right. You know, those kind of players in general, but when you're right. a little white guy like that, like Kirk, Kirk Heinrich was, or even if you want to go further back and how great Jerry Sloan was, and and he was how amazing he was. You want to go? Uh, oh my God! Nocioni was another one that you know. what I'm saying those guys that just put in that effort and try hard and do that. You had Alex Caruso, who's actually athletic. Yeah. <laughs> On top of that, with that try hard stuff. Oh my God! He gets MVP chance. <laughs> like when he's out there on the floor, man. They love Alex Caruso. Absolutely, he's been a great. Most of we talked about it a little bit, but what adjustments has Zach made this season, if at all, to fit in with Demar? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I would think his adjustments is he he doesn't he's realizing he doesn't have to do everything. And Zach is so used to doing it all. You know, he's always been the option one, two, three, and four. And then maybe they'll have Kobe White, you know what I'm saying, in the fourth quarter for, for the other option. He's so used to doing it all. And you're seeing that change this season. It's why Zach Levine's turnovers are not as high. Because usually in those past seasons, he was the they would have him playing point guard. He can, he can facilitate. He had nine assists tonight, I think. He can facilitate and do yeah. things like that. But as far as, you know, setting up the offense, you know what I'm saying, running the half-court offense, doing things like that, being that facilitator um, first, that's not his thing. He was getting the ball taken from him. He was uh, stepping out of bounds. We saw at the last game, the first game Lonzo was out against Indiana. He was turning the ball over like he used to back in the past because they would just run simple double teams. It wasn't nothing complicated. They were running at him. Just simple double teams they were sending at him, and he was kind of turning the ball over and things like that. Now he doesn't have to do that with DeMar DeRozan because if you notice in the fourth quarter, DeRozan's the one with the ball in his hand. He's the one that's bringing it up. Zach is like, you got it. You know what I'm saying? You set it up. You bring it up. I have no problem with that. That's the biggest change I think I've seen in Zach Levine and also kind of coming into – Coming into his greatness, I think is the best way I could put it. Having he's never played with anybody this good in his career. He, he just yeah. hasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He, he he doesn't know what this feels like. I remember when I had when I came up with the stat that said he hadn't won four games in a row. 
and I'm and and people were dumbfounded. You know what I'm saying? When I was saying that, and then it kind of blew up and went everywhere after that. But yeah, when he hadn't won four games in a row, that's insane. So he's not used to winning and knowing what to deal with and how to, you know what I'm saying, overcome those kind of things. Having DeMar DeRozan being that calming presence, knowing he's been through that fire, knowing he's been through teams that have had 50 plus wins, all-star appearances, all NBA, uh, uh, being having celebrities at your game, having to play in the big games of the night, having to be, go deep in the playoffs. DeMar DeRozan's been through all of that. So Zach Levine learning and watching that from him, it's just kind of a coolness and calmness I've seen in Zach so far this season that I hadn't seen previously. With that said, I used to praise Zach way back, and then people used to hit me with on Instagram. I don't know if it was Twitter that this guy's a good stats, bad team guy. I never bought into that. And then when uh, Zach really, I mean, he really like took a leap last season. Like it was really phenomenal. I was hitting those people back up. Like, look, man, I tried to tell you. I tried to tell you. <laughs> I let them know. Like, wait, man, what was your handle? Let me find you again. Okay, I got you. Yeah, <laughs> but most of it. Okay, right. so I mean, Demar and Demar and Zach are flat out stars. We know Caruso gets his praise, but to me, the most underrated player on this team is Lonzo. Mm-hmm. He is. He is my favorite. Yeah. Um, point point guard is my favorite position in basketball. It always has been. Yeah. And I I've wanted Lonzo Ball since he was on the Lakers. Uh, cause I could just kind of see where he fit in with the team. Even back then, just kind of see where he fit in with the team. I thought he was just a perfect fit. He's a guy who's passed first and passed second. You know what I'm saying? Who, who yeah. likes his, uh, who likes his teammates getting the success. The passes he makes are incredible. The basketball yeah. IQ is always on full display when he's on the floor. He's thinking True. three plays ahead every single time, man. I've, I've, I've run down a myriad of plays that he's done like that doing talking on locked on bulls where he sees it happening before it happens. I've always said this, Drew, I've always said a great point guard removes thinking. And when you watch Lonzo out there, he is removing thinking for a lot of these guys. I watched him make Tony Bradley better for like a quarter. You know what I'm saying? Because he was like the where he passes it to you, you can't do nothing else, but either shoot the ball or pass it, which the way he passed it to you. The ball yes. has that kind of energy. You know what I'm saying? You're a hooper. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. the ball has that kind of energy. So when he gets it to you, you know exactly what to do with it in your basketball mind. You don't have to think. He already removed that for you. Boom. Here, it's right here, just dunk it. Boom, it's right here, just shoot that mid-range. Boom, it's right here, pass it over here and let him shoot. He's already telling you exactly what to do. He's had plays where I've watched Zach Levine come up the court and he's directing Zach Levine where to pass the ball so he can get it over there throw it over here, then he'll throw it to me, and then I'll throw it to the corner, he'll hit the three. You'll watch him direct these things while he's doing that. He has just been masterful at that kind of thing. And on top of that, still putting up 13 points, uh, about five rebounds, about five assists, and shooting like 42% from three. On top of all of that. So he has been just like a coach on the floor. He's been everything I thought he would be so far. Yeah, it's like everybody else in that Bulls team. He's so fun to play with, you could just tell. And the defense has improved. Like, he's always been a great help and team defender, but his on-ball defense, I think, took a leap this season. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, those guards are having problems. Like, <laughs> they're having real issues of uh, going up against him because now it's not just him. It's also Caruso, who's also an incredible on-ball defender. Uh, so you're watching him do that, but also he can guard your second, third, and fourth. And then I've seen him guard fives. You know, I'm not saying he was stopping them, but right. he can guard them because he knows he's tall. I love people that know they're tall. You know what I'm saying? He knows he's yeah. tall. He knows he's six foot six. So when he gets out there, he uses every bit of that size. 
if you watch some of those blocks that he's had this season, they've just been amazing. You know what I'm saying? Like, just you can't get comfortable. He just pushes you off the block. You can't get into where you want to be because he knows where you want to go, man. And the way he positions his body is just phenomenal to watch him play defense, man. You're right. But he is all up in guys' jerseys, uh, except for like the great ones, except for like Steph Curry. You're like, okay, fine. That's Steph Curry. What do you want to do? You know what I'm saying? But everybody else, like, he's been a complete issue for uh, this whole season. He's been most definitely super underrated still to this day, in my opinion. I agree with you completely, man. Uh, people have chastised him, you know what I'm saying, and talk bad about him his whole career, man. I, I just always felt like he just needed more appreciation for the game that he has because it's not about the numbers with him, man. It's about the wins and what he's providing to the other team on the court. So let's end off with some non-Bulls uh, talk. What are your thoughts on okay. the Nets bringing Kyrie back? Because I really think they had no choice. Like, it, I think it was the thing to do for them. And I know some people are calling it weak because they're going back yeah. on their decision. Yeah. But, man, I mean, the way the NBA is right now, everybody's going in and out of lineups, and you have a player like Kyrie that you're, pl- that you're paying anyway, you might as yeah. well bring him back. You know, I've always said yeah. Kyrie is the most skillful player in NBA history. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when you have that mm-hmm. much, like, the rules don't yeah. apply to you like they apply to others, and that's just how it is, you know? <laughs> you know what? It's, <laughs> I don't want to tell a long story. I'll tell a, a short No, nah, go ahead. Irvin go ahead. Up. End it off with Michael Elver. Michael Irvin t- told this story. He said he walked into his, he walked in late to a meeting and Jimmy Johnson came, he was him and a punt returner. And, he, and Jimmy Johnson walked out and he yelled at Michael Irvin and said, what are you doing? I can't believe you late. You shouldn't be late. Yelling, shoot him out and said, get in there. Can't believe you doing that. Get in there and get to studying. He looked at the punt returner and said, no, you can go home. <laughs> There's a difference. You know what I'm saying? There are levels to this. And that's the reason you look at Kyrie Irving and they're like, well, dude, we paying you all this money. We, we've lost like eight guys to these protocols. You know what I'm saying? We don't want to, dis- it to destroy our season. You're completely healthy as far as physically. He just hasn't gotten this uh, vaccine yet. So you know what? Suit up because you still can't play at home. He can only play on the road anyway, but you can still be give us some kind of production. So it's I know people called it weak. I, I don't call it weak. Um, I just like they were put in that position, man. Kind of COVID kind of put them in that position to where they had to make that decision, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the way the news cycle is, we forget everything in about a month. Like, if the, if the Nets win the championship, nobody's looking back and calling that week, right? But yeah, if they yeah. keep them out and they don't win, you know, the Nets were the favorites and they get all kinds of flack, so. Mm, that's a good point. I, I, I can't hear people saying, oh, man, well, you know what they could have did? They could have just got Kyrie to come play for game four or something like that. And if they win the championship, nobody's looking back at that as a bad move or you shouldn't have done. Like, you look crazy and say, like, why'd you bring Kyrie back after they win a championship, you know? Yep, spoken like a hooper. (laughs) (laughs) Big Dave, man, it was so great having you on the show. Where can we find you on social media? Tell us more about the podcast with Matt Peck and just anywhere, man. floor is yours. Oh, man, well, first of all, thanks for having me on here. Um, Anytime. Secondly, uh, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Bow Sports. You have to say it like Avery Johnson is saying it. That's how it's said. Okay. <laughs> uh, B- B-A-W-L. Bow. That's how you have Bow. to say it. So, yes. That's that was pretty good also. for my first time, right? Yes, it was. It was very good. Because <laughs> <laughs> when I say Avery Johnson, I knew he would understand. Yes. Avery Johnson is the reason we even call that show that. But that is the podcast I do with my friend uh, Chris. Uh, you can check it. It's called Ball on Bulls. Nice. You can check it out on any platform, uh, ballsports.com or any other platform you listen to podcasts, you can check it. There's also another podcast called Ball, which talks about all other sports as far as uh, football, music, anything that's going on in my mind. 
Uh, you could definitely check it out on Ball. That's also on BallSports.com. The podcast I do with Matt, Locked On Bulls. Every day uh, we're talking about the Chicago Bulls uh, with my, Matt and myself. And yeah, any platform you got to listen to, you can listen to it. And we're also on YouTube. So you can go follow us on and subscribe to us on our YouTube page at Locked On Bulls. Big Dave, thanks so much for taking the time. You're always welcome back on the show and talk soon. My man, I appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir. There it is. Last episode of the year. Thank you to everyone who tunes into Combo's Court across the globe. And big shouts to Dave for joining in. We appreciate you. Combo Nation, don't forget to rate, review, and punch down on that subscribe button wherever you tune into Combo's Court. If you're listening on the Apple Podcast app, leave a five-star rating, a friendly comment, and punch down on the follow button. Also, don't forget to share this episode. Share with a friend. Share it on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Share it on your IG stories and tag me on Instagram at 1-2-Combo. That's O-N-E-T-W-O-C-O-M-B-O. Be on the lookout for episode 329. Combo out.